Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. How? What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. Okay, what the fuckers? How's everybody doing? It's Mark Marin. This is WTF. You are listening to me coming to you live. Well, not live, but you know, in your head, live. I'm in the garage at the Cat Ranch overlooking the barrio of Highland Park here in Los Angeles County. I hope everybody is okay. I hope you made it through the New Year's okay. I haven't talked to you since then. I know I've had one show up since then, but this is really the first time I will be talking to you in a post-New Year's Eve head. I don't know how your New Year's Eve was, but I just let it go by me. I just let it drift away. I just let it... I acted like nothing was happening. I went out. I got home by quarter to 12, and I did nothing. I didn't do... I didn't think about it. I really tried... What I tried to do over New Year's was I tried to introduce a new way of entering the new year to people out in the streets. Because people... And it's coming at me from all angles because people do this for a few weeks after New Year's Eve. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. That's a lot of pressure. Happy New Year. Like the whole thing, we're going to forecast that much. I can barely handle thinking about tomorrow, let alone the entire year. So what I responded with, and I think is not, well, maybe people will see it as negative, but I think instead of saying Happy New Year, we should say, well, we'll, we'll see what happens, right? I think that's better. We'll see what happens and then shrug a little and go, right? I think that is a reasonable way to enter the new year. You know what, folks? I got to be honest with you. I'm jacked out of my head. I, As some of you know, because I tweeted it. And by the way, the Twitter thing, listen to me. I had to sit down with Doug Benson the other day, and we were having a candid chat about this and that. And he says to me, you know, I don't understand, Mark, with all the people that you have listening to your show it seems to me that you should have more Twitter followers, more Twitter followers. And I thought to myself, I guess that does make sense, Doug. I mean, it seems that I should have more Twitter followers. And I don't know where you people are. I don't know if you're doing that thing. But now I feel like I got a small Twitter dick. And and I had to sit there with Doug Benson with his you know super high Twitter dick and, and be like, yeah, I, I guess I do have a, a pretty tiny Twitter dick, Doug. Why is that, folks? I mean, I, I don't know what I'll do with it, but it is a way of me, uh, you know, for me to keep in touch with you. So, you know, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm Mark Marin, one word, M-A-R-C-M-A-R-O-N, or you could also follow the show at WTF Pod. That's on Twitter too. Can we make this happen? Because I do not want to be laughed at by the likes of Doug Benson because of the size of my Twitter dick. All right. And what I, how I was going into this and what I meant to talk to you about was that uh, some of you know, cause I tweeted it because I'm an idiot and I like to do that. My housemate Stosh got an espresso machine for Christmas. I've got a high end espresso machine sitting in my kitchen now. I mean, what the fuck? That's like living with a drug dealer. What are you kidding me? I've been through this before. I'm not sure I need this shit. I mean, do you know what's coursing through my system right now? Right now, as I talk to you, it's 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 still morning here in, in my garage. 
All right, I've got 400 milligrams of magnesium pumping through me. I got 200 milligrams of CoQ10. I got 5,000 milligrams of vitamin D, 50 milligrams of DHEA, 3,000 milligrams of very good wild Alaskan sockeye fish oil. I've got 2,000 milligrams of phosphatidylcholine. I don't even know what that is. And I've had three double espressos and an aspirin and two pieces of nicotine gum. I am fucking wasted. But I am healthy wasted. And you know what? JustCoffee.coop makes an espresso. I'm sorry. I'm saying it wrong, aren't I? No emails, please. Espresso. Espresso. Okay? Espresso. I get it. Okay? I get it. Not espresso. But they make one. I think it's called Electric Monkey. Hold on. Let's do it because God knows I need more. I'm sure that some of you are thinking, hey, Mark, I don't think you've had enough fucking coffee today. But here we go. Hold on. Wait for it. Pow! Oh, my God. Not only did I just shit my pants, I think my left eyeball popped out of its socket. Hold on. It's back in. We're ready to go. But I know what I'm going to do with this thing. I don't know about you, but, you know, you get a new thing like that. You know, back when I was drinking, I remember there was one weekend. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the perfect Bloody Mary. So how does an alcoholic make a perfect Bloody Mary? Well, you got to get the stuff. You got to get the equipment. This was a weekend project. I got two half-gallon bottles of relatively decent vodka, horseradish, tomato juice, limes, salt and pepper, Tabasco, Worcestershire. And I set out that weekend to to make the perfect Bloody Mary. This was many years ago. And you know what? Whether I did or I didn't, I have no recollection of any of it. So, bottom line, it worked. But now I know that with that thing in my kitchen, it's... I've been through this before, man. San Francisco, 1992, had an espresso machine every day, time to make the perfect mocha. And I was a barista back in another life in Harvard Square before Starbucks when they had the coffee connection down there where where coffee was still an art and not just a gimmick. We had to make our own cocoa. I remember making, you know, setting out to make the perfect mocha. And I, you can actually drink so much double espresso. And believe me, I, I, I am on the precipice of it right now where your body uses all its energy to process the caffeine that you put into it, that you are exhausted. I'm not there yet. I have clarity right now. I think you can hear my clarity. I'd like to give you a New Year's, uh, New Year's message, if I could, because I have found this to be helpful, and I, and I don't know if I've shared it here on this show, but here it is. This may help you in your day-to-day life, okay? I'm not sure if I've told you this before, but I'm going to tell you again. In the new year, if you ever are sitting on your couch, just sitting there, defeated, anxious, angry, losing your fucking mind, remember, you're just someone sitting on a couch. Do you understand? Let, let me let me explain it a little differently. If I'm sitting on my couch, which I was yesterday, saying like I'm fucked. This is bullshit. I'm fucked. Yeah, I'm. It's it's over. I'm. You know, I'm I'm fucked. What I realize in that moment, if I have the mental will, is that whatever I'm responding to, I'm making it up. Because really, I'm just a guy sitting on a couch. 99% of the time, everything that you're fucking freaking out about is being manufactured by your twisted mind. So buy yourself a little freedom and just stop that shit when you can in its tracks and do what you can do. That's my uplifting message for the day. 
Here's a couple of plugs, if I could. I will be in Seattle the 14th, 15th, and 16th of this month, January, at Laughs Comedy Club in Kirkland. Looking forward to that. Also just got in touch with my buddy at Fantagraphic Books. Might be doing an entire comic book show out there, Fantagraphics. Maybe interview a couple of comic book writers and artists and, and get uh, and get the lowdown on that business because they're about to send me a Gahan Wilson book. He's a great, a great comic artist and writer that actually changed my life when I was a kid. Uh, I will be doing a live WTF at UCB here in L.A., the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, at 8 o'clock on January 22nd with Jeff Garland, Jimmy Pardo, Kate Micucci, Eddie Pepitone. Should be good. I'm thinking about giving away some coffee, maybe giving away some WTF T-shirts, and maybe premiering the new Nerdcock shirts. Nerdcock shirts are coming. I'm glad a lot of you enjoyed the uh, conversation I had with my uh, almost doctor friend, Steve, and also with Dana D'Armond, the uh, the adult film actress. I, I have done a little more research into the porn phenomenon in this country, and I will be getting back to you on that. That will be somewhat of a recurring theme. Thank you for all the emails about the Dyson uh, hand dryer. Some guy wrote me uh, and said that... Uh, that he was so excited when he when he first experienced that Dyson hand dryer that he wanted to put his balls in it. I appreciate you being candid, and I appreciate your uh, your reaching out. You know, I'm I'm pretty open. I'm pretty honest with you people, and uh, I'm not saying I don't have shame. I do. There are things I'm ashamed of. I I am not without secrets. I am not. Uh, completely proud of myself but i do try to be honest with you people and i'm gonna tell you something now that uh that i really had to i I really had to i I fought with this i lost a little sleep last night because i thinking like you know i'm honest with my listeners and they need to know some stuff or you know maybe you know that's just the kind of broadcasting i do and i was fighting with something folks and it, it was hard for me and because uh, I was wondering whether or not I should tell you, and um, you know, up, you know, I kept waking up, worrying about it. You know, it happened two days ago, and uh, I, I don't know how to feel about it. You know, I, I guess I do feel ashamed, and um, I, I do. I, I I don't really know, you know, what to do with these feelings, and and I think when you have those, the best that you can do is is share the experience with somebody you trust. And get it out of you, you, you know, so you, you disarm it a little bit by, by, by giving it to, to somebody else, by trusting them, uh, with, with, uh, with whatever it is that, you know, you're, you're ashamed of. Okay. So, um, so two days ago, you know, as you guys know, I, you know, I get, I get, uh, I get screeners because I'm a member of a guild, one or two guilds. So they send you all these screeners every year. Of movies, you know, that, that need to be voted on for awards and whatnot. And, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting at, at home and, and I, oh God, um, I, uh, I, I watched, uh, Julie and Julia, um, with, uh, with Merle Streep and, um, I loved it. Okay, I'm just putting that out there. Okay, I'm I'm getting a little emotional now, only because I just don't know I I don't know who I am anymore. But I loved it, 
and uh, I, I think it had something to do with the cooking. I, I don't know, but I, I hope you guys don't judge me too hard and, and that you understand that, that I trust you with this stuff and I don't want you to go telling anybody about it. Well, Howard Kramer did show up finally this week. We want to thank his brother again for coming, but uh, but let's talk to Howard now. You yeah. might even have a little a bit extra money. Well, I want to get you up to where I am. I know, but it's going to hurt my ears if we talk that way. No, I can turn down the headphones. I would say less in the cans. Thank there you, you go. All right, looks Next. like we got a good level there. Kind nice. Of. Yeah. Yeah. You feel good about it? I feel very good. Wow. Sometimes like, I, I'm not. I'm no professional. You know, I'm not a professional. Right. But you're close enough. I'm getting there. You. I think you're a business card away from being a professional sound engineer. Is that all it takes? Well, I think I can see with your skill level. All you need is just a decision to go pro. Well, you know, you know, when you really see the sound professional skill level is when, you know, during the actual interview, they're working the knobs. Right. You know, I don't even know where to start this for fuck's sake. Start by not having that. <laughs> well, putting a wad of gum on my computer. This is, this is a, this is nicotine gum. Oh. <laughs> it's not just, it's not just any gum. I'm just afraid I'm going to eat it because it looks like a piece of popcorn. I'm afraid I'm just going to. He's just going to reach over and eat the one piece of popcorn. <laughs> you would eat a stranded piece of popcorn at you someone's never, house. I'd like, be, yeah. If I'm working hard to like think and talk, I might just would just reach over and like I thought that was popcorn, but no, it's a wad of gum. Either way, a singular piece of popcorn or a wad of gum taken off a desk and put in your mouth reveals a problem, Howard. Well. Do you have a compulsive eating thing? Be honest. I don't. I just think that I feel so comfortable here. We're kindred spirits that I'll just feel like I'm at my house with my... There you go. Right. Okay. I put it back <laughs> in my mouth. I will risk the, uh, the integrity. Sounds. Yeah. Yeah. My my guest is Howard Kramer. Is that how you say it? Yeah. You do? You say it like that? Like if someone to say, how do you say your name? How would it be? If I would say Howard Kramer, but unless I was making reservations or something over the phone, I would say Kramer just so that I wouldn't have to go through the whole explaining. The E. Right. But you say Kramer. It is Kramer. The whole family says Kramer. But right. was, Who am I to correct them? Yeah. I think I think we got falsely corrected back in, in the Ellis Island days. You My, did? Yeah. The grandfather or great-grandfather came over yeah. and said his name... And I think they spelled it wrong at Ellis Island or something like that. So you that. think it was originally Kramer? Or it's probably Kramerinsky ish and pin. I don't know if it had the stuff. What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. Square. Yeah, no? No, I think it was always Kramer, but I think he probably came over and he was tired from the boat trip and went, <laughs> and they, they got as close as they could. <laughs> his, his mouth was swollen from gout yeah. or something. There's, I don't even know if your mouth swells from gout. Well, I'll be honest with you, as I am with many people who take this, uh, who come on this show, it took us a long time to get to know each other. And uh, quite honestly, when I first saw you, I didn't know, know what the fuck to make of you. See with me. You felt that way too? Well, not about me, not about you. Oh, I, I saw you, and when I met you, you had bleach blonde hair. Right. And it was in a, in a sort of crew cut. You're very intense. I didn't know what you did. Right. I never seen you on stage. You were hanging around with very powerful people. Right, that's true. And uh, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? What does he do? And then uh, it, something happened when I saw you perform recently, once you grew your hair out and became uh, who you are today. Right. I was like, holy fuck, this guy's fucking funny. Thanks. Yeah. And you do a, you actually integrate music successfully into your show, which is not easy. It's not easy. It's a lot of work. 
You are known also on vinyl. Can I say vinyl? Sure. As Dragon Boy Suede. Dragon Boy Suede. Yeah. That's my rap name. How did that happen? What made you decide to do rap? Um, I always want. I always wanted to do. I always wanted to do music. I was always in bands and stuff. And then, um, like, what? What did you play in the band? Guitar. Yeah, guitar and bass. Did you sing? I sang too. Yeah. What was the name of your bands? We were called Must Readjust. Must readjust. Yeah. Was that a punk rock outfit? <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Good yeah. for you. How was the hair then? Uh, it was a casual mohawk. Oh, not hardcore. Still a little hair on the sides. Uh, well, just soft on top, not all sticky pointy. Oh, okay. And then like stuff shaved into the sides, like I had a stick figure on one side and an arrow on the other side. An arrow and a stick figure. Yeah. That that fucking is punk rock. You know what? Yeah. I will admit this after so many years. It was more Vision Quest than than uh, than punk rock. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, kind of do. In what way? It, well, there was a Matthew Modine was the star wrestler, and then he had a friend who had a mohawk. And I just thought, I remember going to the movies and thinking that mohawk was cool, and then I got a mohawk. Oh man! Well, now we know the truth. Any fans out there of, of Must Readjust whose dreams are shattered? <laughs> Uh, I you heard it here first, right? Was that the only band, or was there another one? Uh, we had a snapping box. We were called a snapping box. Yeah, a, we, as an a snapping box or a, a snap. Yeah, because we used to go to this flea market in New Jersey, and there was this old guy there, and he sold musical instruments. I'll make this quick. He would always pull out uh, eight by tens of old starlets and tell us that he had sex with them. Yeah, and, and he would pull out a, like a woman from the 40s and go she had a snapping box real tight <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah that you know that 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 story is so good that i wish the band was still together i i wish too maybe so so you could tell that story everywhere <laughs> like on stage at madison square well, garden right right yeah, yeah. or on radio shows in the morning like you know so what about that name where'd you get that name that's a pretty unique name and you get to tell that story and and every morning crew would be like oh no oh no Oh, oh, oh. oh, honk, honk. Oh, boy. Bing, 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 bing. Holy mackerel. Yeah. It's, yeah, our name's from an old man with a van that says he had sex with... With, like, who? Like, how old were the Starwoods? They like, were, like, uh, women who, like, you know, there'd be, a, like, a coconut in their hair. Like oh, like was, uh, Carmen Miranda? Yeah, it was, like... That for, era? That era, yeah. That is spectacular. He was old in, like, the mid-80s. Uh, so you came from New Jersey. That's, yeah. You know, I think that's another reason why we ultimately bonded, because I, I think the big bonding moment for us was in Vancouver for some reason. Absolutely. Yeah. It was backstage in Vancouver where we had this moment where we realized after watching a couple of our peers go on in front of, like, 2,000 people and meander through a, uh, you know, a notebook-laced set. Right. And uh, you went out there and just fucking delivered the goods, and then I went out there and delivered the goods. We had this moment where we're like, we're professionals. Yeah, we, right. hey, we're that? the pros up yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't show up with our pad. Uh, no, not at this. That was not like, at this thing. It was that. Wasn't that the feeling? Yeah, absolutely. It was like these guys that I've. They were they were older guys. They TV guys. Yeah. But it was fun to be able to look down on them that night. Like, yeah, hey, yeah, guys, yeah. Get, get your shit together. The two guys that no one knows just fucking fed you your, uh, yeah, whatever, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, whatever the expression is. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the, the record, Dragon Boy Suede. Yes, sir. How'd you come up with the moniker? Oh, uh, that's, uh, I was, I had this character that I was writing. This was uh, a comedy character. His yeah. His name was Dragon Boy Suede. He was half superhero, half porn star. Right. And then, um, 
Trey and Matt from uh, South Park. They yeah. came out with Orgasmo. Remember that movie? Yeah, I do. And I didn't see it, but I know that it had something to do with the guy being a superhero, half superhero porn star. And you were like, they stepped on my shit, it's uh, done. They stepped on the shit that wasn't le- hadn't left my head yet. Right. Yeah, so, I hate that one. So then I started rapping, started recording rap soon after that and just said, I'm going to take that name. Well, one of the great things about your stage show is that, uh, and it's very funny, I think, is when you you throw to the uh, to your DJ is right. that we call him yeah who's supposedly in the back of the room but isn't to right. uh, to start spinning what he does right so you can do your song and you never get to the song right but people don't realize about Howard Kramer is that there are songs right now let's start with this one let's start with uh, Wolves because I think that's the big hit right you now, want to, a little backstory on that. Uh, basically, it's just a, a song for anyone who's been in a relationship where the the other person likes to uh, run their mouth and t- talk too much and be sassy. So you want? To, how would you set it up if you were thrown to this song? I would say uh, this next song is a tale of revenge. This next song is for anyone who's been in a relationship with someone who likes to talk back, give you a lip. It's called "You Won't Sass Me Like That" when I could summon. Wolves. Standing alone by the edge of the woods. What am I doing? Something not good. I'm practicing a skill of a unique kind. How to summon wolves with my mind. Yes, that's too much. It drives me nuts. I've asked you to stop. You won't let up. But we'll see if you keep talking sad when you're trapped in the wrath of a wolf attack. One's nipping at your arm. One's nipping at your leg. One's lunging at your shoestring. Causing you to rethink the way you do things. In a while, you will lose that smile when they get up on your Jack London style. Then you'll regret all the crap you pull. You won't sass me like that when I can summon wolves. You never listen to me. In my apartment, I dial up the wolf department like a pizza guy. They'll arrive and they leave in with their car pulls up outside. I buzz them in. And if you sass at the water park, you'll hear the bark of a water shark. With the shark to the wolf in the shark disguise, and he's coming for that ass on the water slide. Then you'll know not to disrespect. Then you'll know keep the lip in check. Then you'll know to be very careful. You won't sass me like that when I could summon wolves. You've always lived out here. When did you come out here? Um, I came out here in 98 after uh, we did Awesome Stories, a show on MTV. Oh, that's where you started. See, if I'd done yeah. my research as a good interviewer, because I knew that in the back of my head, but I don't ever really remember watching it. That was a sort of like slacker, link letter, uh, rip-off show that they ran on MTV. Yeah, you could say that. It was it was like a sick, first sitcom without uh, laugh track, sort of. And it, was it all improvised, mostly? Uh, no, it was scripted. So you lived in Austin. You went from New Jersey to Austin? Yeah, great. A strange career move, but it sort of sort of almost worked out. Well, it doesn't sound like to me like it was a career move as much as it was like, where's the next cool place or where's the first cool place? Because you could either go to New York or you could be exotic. Right. Because Austin's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I was actually a reaction against New York. I'd been in New York and was burnt out on it quick. And then I just wanted to go somewhere to kind of like relax and not be in New York. So I went to Austin. And you started doing comedy in earnest there? Yes, sir. 
So that was the big break. And then you came out here and you dyed your hair white. And uh, That was not... That was... Uh, I was doing a pilot for Comedy Central, and that was an idea for the character. That was a Bob Odenkirk project? Yeah, it was his idea. It was, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it was a, it was not saying it was a bad idea, but Many, it was his, his idea was like, well, you should do something extreme with your hair. Right. That's so easy for the it. guy who doesn't have to be on camera to say. Yeah, I remember, I remember like being, walking around town after that and getting laughed at, especially like people that don't really know me. They go, oh, there's that guy. Oh, and he died. It's, that's what I did. White. That's how I yeah. reacted. Yeah. So, there was, so what happened to that pilot? Um, we shot it and they, they didn't like it enough to air it. Oh, well. That's funny that, though. Oh God. Fucking show business. What are we going to do when this doesn't work out? Do you have a plan? It's, uh, what is, when? It's already not working I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, know, you say we missed the boat on um, having a plan B. Yeah, I, I think it could work out from here on out. But, yeah, no, I I feel yeah. what I'm starting to learn is, and, and I think this is just with life in general, is at some point you're going to have to give up the big dream, accept right. what is, and learn how to survive with that, right? And accept that. Unfortunately, most other people do it in their early teens, right? Yeah, you know, it's sort of like you, you know, you know. I think the analogy is is that you know, for for other people that aren't in show business, I think the same analogy would be that if you were still forty, saying. Yeah, I can still be an astronaut. There's no reason <laughs> exactly. to, to let that go. Exactly. I mean, I can do anything I want. Anything. You still <laughs> say that every morning. <laughs> it's funny. It was like if you're an athlete, it's over quick. By the, If you haven't done it by the time you're 22, you're done. Right. You know, in most then you sports. know. Then you know. If you don't, if you don't have, if you didn't pop big enough to get some sponsorship or to be a, a teacher, uh, you know, it's done. Right. But with, with showbiz, you can keep, you know, you can keep doing this till you're 80 and say, well, you know. Yeah, so-and-so didn't make it till he was 79. Yeah, Rodney. Yeah, no, or- right. Oh, so you do that, too. You, yeah, you yeah. had to keep moving your heroes uh, up in proportionate to when they became successful age-wise. Absolutely. Chip just gave me, writing partner Chip Pope from Austin Stories, he just gave me a new one last week. It was some author who wasn't published until he was 57. Who's that? Uh, boy. It's not going to help you if you can't use it. I want to say Herman Woke, but I don't know if that's right. Herman Woke. The thing about writers is, is that most people don't. I mean, I know who he is. I haven't read his book, but yeah. You know, but Rodney Dangerfield's one. And then there's, uh, there's um, you know, uh, you got Lewis Black in his early 50s before he popped after doing it forever. Right. You got uh, Belzer, who was known but didn't really pop until he got the TV show. Right. Uh, you know, you've got, um, I'm tapped out. That's all I got. Well, well that's the other question about it is integrity. What are you willing to do and not do to be a star? That, thank you. That is huge. It's going on right under our noses right now. What's happening? Well, I mean, it's uh, like with the like with um, all these, you know, stuff on the internet with all the sites and all yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, you know that I mean? kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, like this, this has integrity. I feel like it's two guys talking. It's informative. Yeah. But, you know, just the whole explosion in the last few years of, of people uh, promoting themselves on the Internet, a lot of times you wind up finding about the best promoters instead of finding about the best comedy. Yeah, I think that's true. And I, I, I still think that eventually, you know, you, you, you still got to see who's still coming out the third time you go through town. And I don't really worry about that stuff so much because I've... I've yeah, you know, I don't know much about the internet, but I know that there's a lot of shit out there, and there's not a lot of people making that much money off it. That's but so, but self promotion right. is what it is, and I don't fucking know. Hey, how about this song? 
Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about music, uplifting stuff. Yeah, let's go to the next uplifting Dragon Boy Suede song, which is Buy You Clothes, Do You In Them, Take Them Back. Yeah. Throw to it, baby. This song, you know, before I got into the rap game, I didn't have a lot of cash. I had to think of creative things to keep the ladies interested. This song is called Buy You Clothes, Do You In Them, Take Them Back. Listen up, girl, I got an idea that you gotta hear. Come here, let me hear as I explain a way we could shop all day and get real freaky. Are you ready? Okay. We go to the mall and hit the stores, buy you shoes, buy you clothes, bag them up and take them home and have ourselves a fashion show. I'll lay you down to make you moan, change outfits, make you flow. When we're done, it's back, it's done, you get back the dough. From the north to the east, east to the east, east to the south. Buy you clothes, do you and them, take them back. From the Let's talk about the ladies. Okay. Is that song based on truth? Um, not really. I, I thought about doing that, but it just seems like too much effort. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I have to buy more presents. Do you buy women presents? No, but I know that they work like crazy. It's a very easy thing to do, unless yeah. you get the wrong present. There's nothing worse than the, you know, the deliberation, like, I'm going to buy her this, and then you're like, here you go, baby, and you can just see beneath... Her, you know, half smile that you fucked up. Right. You got to buy a movie. Was it? This was for like Christmas, or this was for a holiday. It'll happen this? at some point in a relationship. You're going to get the wrong present. Right. And and the problem is, if you're actually in a relationship with them, then it, it becomes this thing that that'll eventually eat at the relationship because after a certain amount of time, you're like, hey, how come you're not wearing that thing? And right. She's like, oh, I just it doesn't fit this thing. And then like months go by, it's like you never wear that thing. And then eventually, it's like, why the fuck didn't you just tell me when I got it? That you didn't like it. It wasn't like it was cheap. And now I can't even fucking bring it back. Right. Oh, you're crying now because you didn't have the guts to tell me you didn't like the present? What do I care? I would have rather gotten you something you want. Where are you going? <laughs> this is so intense live, ladies and gentlemen. That <laughs> I feel like I am the woman who's yelling at So you haven't had that experience? What's the longest relationship you've been in? And we don't have to go into this area if you're not comfortable with it. No, nah, we can go in. I, I think uh, on purpose, the longest was like a year. And then I've been in other relationships where, you know, it 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 went a lot longer. But it uh, it was I don't know. I got hoodwinked or something. Well, how does that work? What do you mean hoodwinked? Someone wants to move in with you. You go no. I don't think we should do that. You know, I think even when I get married, I won't live in like I. My ideal situation is I if I do get married is I have a house, I buy the house next door. The wife and the kids live in the house. Well, next that's door. better than like I have a house, she lives in the shed. Right. No. So okay. So the big dream is when everything turns around and you become an astronaut. Right. That you can, when I you, grow up, you get two houses, yeah. one for you and one for the woman that you're dating. Not even married to, but yeah, probably dating. And maybe that should be a, a house that you you just have available for that. Like one woman moves in. If you break up, you get a new woman, and you walk in. You go, how do you want to decorate? Well, who lived here before? No, I just got this place. <laughs> but I thought maybe since you were going to live here. Oh, really? It's like my house. Yeah. For now, it's your house. Right. Feel at home here. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, a lot of people, uh, as they get, you know, I've read that some people have separate bedrooms, which makes sense. Yeah. I have a hard time sleeping with people. Yeah, I'm the same way. And then, you know, if they have a dog or something, the dog's going to come sleep in the bed and makes a lot of noise. Yeah, that's a dog issue. Yeah. But, but uh, 
Yeah, so they want to move in. Yeah. They want to move in, and then you say, no, that's not a good idea. And then they go, um, hey, um, I decided to, to um, end my lease at my place oh. while I look for another place. That's that's how they do it without asking you directly. Yeah, and then a couple months go by, and they go, well, my, my I have to move out now, and I, I'm, I'm almost found a place, so I'll come stay with you. Uh-oh. And then they'll go, hey, my couch is nicer than the couch you have. Why don't we go get that out of storage? <laughs> and then the next thing you know. Yeah, yeah. all your stuff is gone. <laughs> You're still in the same place. She wants to move to a bigger place. And then uh, then it's a job. Yeah, then you've got, you, you need to make money. Right. Uh, well, then uh, let's, let's, well, maybe if you didn't, uh, it's a classic radio segue. Well, maybe if you weren't so good, you know. You wouldn't have this problem with the ladies. What is the the? Why don't you throw? Do I heal with my steel? I saw where you're going. You did. I saw okay. you working there. You saw that coming yeah. around the corner. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. This song is about the curative powers of my sexual. It's like sexual healing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Is that? It's like sexual healing. Do you actually introduce that song on stage with a question like that, or do we? You've never done that. You've either. seen me. You've seen the way I work. I. It's a mess. I'm not asking for you to do your bits. I was asking to to set up a song. This okay, is, you're right. You're right. Let me get straight here. This song is about the curative powers of my Huang. <laughs> <laughs> That's so worth it. That's so worth it. It's called "I Heal with My Steel." Listen up. Dragon Boy Suede will make you feel better physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Let's listen to case study number one. I met a homeless chick. Her name was Daisy. She stumbled around acting all crazy. Talking to herself, muttering obscenities. Her crib was a cardboard box with no amenities. She looked like she just crawled out the sewer. I walked over, introduced myself to her. And I goes by the name of Dragon Boy Suede. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance today. Went back to her cardboard box, shoot down to our shoes and socks, laid her down, kissed her gently, then I threw up the bang of the century, all of a sudden, she felt great, she got her mind back, she could think straight, today she's the president of her own company, she credits this, to the night she was fucking me, I heal with the steel, I heal with the steel, I heal with the steel. I heal with the steel. For this next adventure, we take you to the site of a gentleman's club. Of a gentleman's club. I met another chick, she only had one leg. She slipped at the club in a pirate bag. I took her backstage, threw her a pump. She grew back the leg where there used to be a pump. Her friend walked up, scoliosis of the spine. Not a gracious eight inches of crime. The good wood milk, a crooked dog wine. Brought her whack, brought her baby back in a straight line. Then another came back, then another, then another. They formed a line, one in front of the other. I healed them all, mind, body, and soul. Now they got the smile when they up on the pole. From their head to their toe, they got it going on. Their bodies are fixed and their problems are gone. And they're making much cash every time they do a dance. Cause they visited the practitioner in my pants. I heal with the steel. 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 
In this last verse, Dragon Boy Suede is presented with a moral quandary. Check it out. I heard about a chick. She was about to die. I raced to a hospital room to save her life. But she had not yet reached the legal age of cassette. She was still jailbreak. The only thing that could save her from her fate was considered by the state to be statutory rape. What a waste. Such a shame. She passed away before the morning came. I just sat there, so depressed. So frustrated, so stressed Then all of a sudden, my mind snapped I jumped on the bed cause I had to bring her back Resurrection via erection Reanimated, rejuvenated The gift of life is what you've been given Welcome back to the land of the living I heal with my steel I heal with my steel No insurance, I heal with my steel I hear wet and still. This makes me sing a little. Yes. You know, I took the Hippocratic Oath. So I, whatever ails ya, I'm ails ya. So Howard, I want I want you to feel like you've you've shared enough and you've expressed yourself in the way that you want. Okay. Did you feel that way? Uh, yeah. Let me think. Is there anything else? Um. Well, we've only got a half hour, right? Did you want to do more time? No, because I I think they get a little bit of talking and then the songs. Let's get them in that rhythm. I'll come back again. I'll be a I'll be a repeat guest and we'll talk. What well, you know, what we should do is do some characters that fool people. Okay. Like I've I've had some people on the show that some people don't know were characters. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to do, uh, you know, any, any, you, you just tell me the angle and I'll be the straight guy. I like doing the straight guy. I'm very good at uh, it. Well, I could do my brother. You can? <laughs> You're not doing as much of your brother as you used to. That was a, a f- favorite character of yours. Yeah. I used to do my brother. <laughs> Talk like, oh, doing a podcast in the garage. <laughs> oh, good career move. <laughs> <laughs> what does he do? Um, he's a CPI. My dad's my dad's an accountant, and then he's a CPA. And then he tried to get away from it, and then couldn't get away from it. So he said, "I'm resigned to my fate. <laughs> I'll just do it." Do you get along with him? We sort of get along. I mean, well, we we fight a lot, but I guess that's just brotherly stuff. But he's getting married in January. I got. I'm going to be the best man at his wedding in January. Oh, you're going to step up to the plate for your bro? Yeah, bro. Well, I appreciate you coming, man. Yeah, Howard Kramer. AKA Dragon Boy Suede. Anything you want, we gonna shop until you're dropping. We won't stop until you're popping every outfit in the shop. But just remember that it's going, baby, right back where we got it. If you're thinking about keeping anything, forget about it. It's not a crime, I'm gonna You in Dior, I wanna You in Baton, I wanna You in Burberry, I'm ready to get it on I wanna You in Gabon, I wanna 
Okay, folks, um, as you know, I, I, I have been unorthodox in my guest booking, and, and I do try to help. I do maybe not as much research as I should uh, around the guests I have, but this guy, uh, Daryl Loomis, uh, was referred to me by somebody who, who I know from uh, from a you know certain organization that I'm involved with, and and I you know I try to help out. I, I do try to help out, and and I know that when I was a teenager, uh, I I used drugs and I drank uh, a lot. It was just part of it uh, for me. And uh, in in retrospect, I don't regret anything, but certainly I wasn't aware that you know it could cause a problem necessarily, or that I would have that problem. Uh, but my guest, uh, Daryl Loomis, how are you, sir? I'm fine, thanks. Uh, has been reaching out to teens uh, about drugs, which is a, a tremendous uh, problem still to this day. And uh, and there are new drugs. I, I got to be honest with you, Daryl. As a as a guy in my mid forties uh, who hasn't done drugs or drank for ten years, you know, when I see, you know, there are certain drugs that weren't even around when I was a kid, and and I uh, they, I have to fight the jealousy because I you know, I know that. Uh, that I, I can't I can't use drugs safely. Now, what your organization is uh, SAT, which I guess is a riff on the on the test, right? Well, that that was that was the idea, correct? Uh, essentially, what our organization, Safe Abuse Technologies, is setting out to do is to uh, sort of pioneer a new approach in terms of addressing uh, what has been now for several generations a significant issue with our young people. And indeed, uh, a lot of their parents today, uh, you're, you're not alone. Being somebody in their, in their uh, 40s who has had experience, uh, suffered some negative consequences, and uh, quite likely could have uh, avoided them had you had the level of intervention and education that, uh, that is now available to us through research. So now, uh, now, SAT. SAT. Now, let me just understand uh, a couple questions. You know, I, I'd like to get the real details. Now, you, your experience is in, in, in teen counseling. That correct. Uh, teen counseling, teen mentoring is is where my career started. I too uh, am uh, an individual that had a significant amount of experience with substance abuse, and for many years, talking with kids, I kept that a secret. I discovered that when I began to get honest with kids about the experiences that I had, uh-huh. I got a significant amount of uh, positive response, and the openness and the uh, the attraction of that kind of conversation with a teenager was uh was surprising and inspirational and that's where i developed uh, sat which so, is safe abuse technology now, now so you're you're getting kids off drugs i mean this is the the basic we, well, premise of what we're doing here right it's a good I, question it's a quite quite different now it, uh, intervention uh would be a process where there is a, a, a young person or anybody that is suffering from an addiction and right. an addiction i think your listeners need to know is, is uh defined by the world health organization as the continued compulsive abuse of a substance right. despite negative consequences to the user. Right. What, what we're doing is we're addressing the issue before it becomes an addiction. We're addressing... That's great. Exactly. I yeah. thank you. Yeah. The uh, the teenage brain, as many people uh, may or may not know, actually, is uh, controlled primarily by the amygdala. 
The amygdala is the part of the brain that doesn't recognize fear, is very forgetful, and needs to be constantly stimulated. That's right. what we're dealing with when we talk to teenagers. So when you show them a scary video about what marijuana could possibly do or intoxication could possibly do, right. it's going to have little, no, little or no effect. A teenager is interested in trying substances. Right. They just are. We know that the amount of money that's put into advertising and, and exposure and, and mixed messages have, have left a lot of teenagers confused. But 60% of high school seniors have used mood and mind-altering substances. Okay. With that information, SAT sets out to say, okay, we accept it. You're going to do it. Let's help you do it safely. Let's well, let's provide information to have you avoid addiction and so, overdose. Now, if I'm un- understanding you properly, and, and I'm not sure this is orthodox, you're pr- you're pr- what providing a safe environment for kids to do drugs in. How can- SAT is not providing any environments. SAT is not providing any substances whatsoever. We're purely providing informational resources. Uh, any one of our clients will sign a waiver and a contract that that uh, essentially holds them responsible. Wait, so you, for mean, you, you mean the parents? <clears throat> yes, indeed. The, the primary caregivers, the adults. How do you get the parents involved with this? I mean, there's some, parents you, are frustrated. Parents, do you pitch them some some other angle? Like, I mean, like you know, how? I mean, I understand they're frustrated, but you're saying that you're going to sit down with the parents and their in their teenage kid and get high. That's what I'm saying. That's what SAT is saying. We're, 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 we're going to let them have a mood and mind altering experience. We're going to talk them through it. We're going to, uh, um, really kind of encourage. Because I'm looking at the press materials here. Mm-hmm. Is this, is this part of the Hi Mommy, Hi Daddy program? Hi, Hi Mom, Hi Dad is our program's designed for the entire family. The family stone is what we call this particular offering. And it, and it gets the parents to indulge with their, their young people so that there can be a shared and what, experience. And what, and what happens? We have a mood and mind altering experience. We, we, we create a genetic sequence within our brain using mood and mind altering hallucinogenic like what? drugs. Uh, well, uh, now that you bring it up, uh, a drug of choice among many teens is salvia. I don't know if you or your listeners are familiar with I heard with a little salvia. bit about that. There's videos of uh, salvia tri- trips. It's very fast acting. Google salvia, and you're going to have a plethora of, of live action video and information. Much of it is correct. There's a lot of misinformation. Let me tell you a little bit about salvia. Yeah. Okay, salvia comes from the mint family. Right. It's, it's basically a sage, and it grows mm-hmm. relatively easily throughout the U.S. Yeah. In fact, pretty much uh, all environments. Yeah. The effects on a human being primarily are gained through smoking salvia, right. very much like one would smoke marijuana right. from a bong or a pipe. Right. Or you could even roll it up with tobacco. Uh-huh. Um, it's a very, very significant hallucinogenic experience, and that's where essentially the two sides of a human being's brain, logic and creativity, yeah. intertwine into right. what is a waking dream. Oh, you don't got to tell me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... Uh, this, however, uh, is unlike any other uh, hallucinogen that uh, perhaps you and, and other parents uh, may have been exposed to. Uh, this lasts uh, approximately 20 minutes in most cases. 20 minutes is the length of the uh, hallucinogen. And it experience. comes on pretty quick, I think. It comes on in about 20 seconds. However, uh, the user needs to know that if there is a psychiatric break, which means that the brain is, uh, is, is overreacting to the hallucinogen, uh, there have there is evidence that shows that there have been some teenagers that have needed hospitalization afterwards, so that there has to be some arrangements made for an ambulance. And and, and the benefit of this is what we believe that the whole impetus, the whole desire to use drugs, is the forbidden fruit syndrome yeah. will evaporate because it's like I can do this if I want to. L- look at look at um, how much Amsterdam. Ju- how much drugs do you use? <clears throat> Me personally, yeah. 
based on what I'm, you've got to practice what you preach. So I smoke marijuana on a daily basis. Um, I drink to intoxication uh, two or three times a week. Uh-huh. Um, I do use hallucinogenic drugs approximately three times a month. Hey, have you smoked this salvia shit? Well, um, if I can make a, a proposition, and yeah. I'm not sure how you'd feel about this, and, and uh, certainly uh, I'm not going to ask you to sign anything, but in my possession, and uh-huh. incidentally, this is not a crime in right. Southern California. Okay. I, I am in possession of salvia. Uh, here here it is, as you oh see. Oh, my God. It, 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 does, just... it has sort of a, a texture very much like tobacco. Yet it, it's, looks it, like it looks like mint. It, it does look like mint. It, it looks it like is. tea. And, and here's the first lesson. We want to show the children what it is so that they know what it is that they're getting and they're not confused by some moron that comes with uh, oregano or some other substance. Hold on, hold on, let, me just, let me just look at it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, it comes in a little bag. You can purchase this at uh, pretty much any head shop. Hold on. Yeah, it smells. It smells a little. Yeah, it smells like a spice. It is. It, it is a spice. Essentially, uh-huh. that's the that's that's the origin of it. And well, I, this is this is an ideal situation and uh, something that I had not really thought was I was going to propose, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. I am going to inhale uh, what um, amounts to the average amount of of salvia that a teenager would inhale, and it's just a bowl. I have a, a marijuana pipe here. Yeah. That, now, uh, now, now, okay. So wait, what's what's going to fucking happen? Because I don't, I, you know, I'm, not, I'm, I've been long out of the uh, the uh, position of being someone's guide here. But well, you, I'm going to give you just a couple of key phrases that you can use once I begin to feel the effects of salvia. Now, guaranteed, I am going to be in a hallucinogenic experience. But these phrases that I give you. If you say them to me calmly and directly, yeah. it will it will keep me in a place in my brain where I will not be overwhelmed. All right, all right hold on. You. Okay, what you, now? Let me write them down. I this is I don't know. All right, go ahead. Okay, hey man, you're okay. Hey, I can remember that. <laughs> I used to say, just hang on. Would that that, that's that's fine as well. Okay, breathe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Breathe, dude. Hold on, breathe, dude. Oh, dude. Sorry. Breathe, dude. Breathe, dude. Okay. Bro. 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 Right, bro. Breathe, dude, or breathe, mm-hmm. breathe, bro. Mm-hmm. You're cool. You're cool. You're cool. So you're cool. You're cool. You're cool. That's it. All right, so now... Just all gonna right. Pack. all right, all right. Yeah, pack the pack the bowl. Ah, this makes me a little a little little itchy. So this is something you can do with the family. Whatever we're gonna see now, everyone's got in a situation. Say it's one kid, maybe two parents, one parent. Everyone's got a grandparent. Be- I mean, when you think about grandparents being of the Woodstock generation, sure, I mean, sure, they're at that age it's, now. It's, it's and we're in a new age where we're comfortable being comfortable talking about these things. All right, so, so grandma, maybe one or two parents and a kid. Everyone's got their own pipe. You've got your own pipe. Everyone's loaded up. What Some will be, some won't be. Some will be playing uh, the part that you're going to be uh, playing, which, right. which is going to be kind of the uh, the guide, right, right, the, right. the safety officer, whatever you want to refer to it as. Okay. Okay, so uh, I'm good to go. Are you ready to go? Yeah, how long is it going to take to kick in? Uh, about 20 seconds. Okay. Okay. And, so uh, I can talk you through it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this, uh, I'll probably take an inhalation of about 15 seconds. And you hold it? Mm-hmm. You good? How long do you hold it for like what? 15 seconds. Okay. You good? It smells kind of good. Minty. 
It's out now. You ought to just uh, open the window, and uh, window. as you can see, uh, I, my head didn't explode, and and uh, initially, the effect of salvia will take. Here it comes. Yeah, here it comes. Hey man, you okay? <laughs> hey, 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 you're cool. You're cool. You're cool. Uh, uh, not good. Not good. You're cool. Not good. Not you're cool. Good. You're cool. Just, just breathe, dude. Just breathe, dude. Yeah, pick, okay, play with the box. Well, do, do, I don't even know what to do. Hey. Just no, just stay. Just sit in the just sit in the chair. No, don't, no, 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 not the table. Yeah, I got the mic up. Just sit in the chair. Hey, just breathe, dude. Breathe, bro. Breathe, bro. Okay, just breathe, bro. You're cool. You're cool. You're cool. Hey, man, are you okay? What are you seeing? Do you see anything? You look like a praying mantis. Are hey, you a praying mantis? No, I'm not. You look like a praying mantis. You're cool. You're cool. You look like a praying mantis. You're cool. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. You're cool. You're cool. You're cool. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. How long does this fucking last, bro? I mean, I'm sorry. Just breathe, bro. Oh my God. Just breathe, bro. All right. All right. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Be be cool, bro. Or I mean, breathe, dude. I mean, breathe. Hey, hey, man, you're okay. Hey, man, you're okay. You cool? You're cool. I mean, you're cool. Wow. Fuck. Yeah? Fuck. Jesus, you're sweating. Oh. Just give me a second one. Just give me a second. Are you still high, kind of, or... Is that it, or my eyes are buzzing a little bit, man? Just it's like an eye buzz, or yeah. like a hum. Let's uh, like everything's like everything's beautiful and awful, and it's buzzing. And uh, all right, well, let me let me like now. Okay, so I'm you in this situation. So I'm talking to the family. No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Just, I right, just be. You're cool. You're cool. You're cool. Okay. All right. Just, just breathe, dude. Yeah. Just breathe, bro. Hey, man. I can only breathe out. No, no, no. You can just pull in, pull in, pull in. No, no, just pull in. Yeah. No, no, no. Now do both, one after the other. One after the. Okay, that's, that's all right. I I don't know how this is advantageous to to families. I I'm not seeing. I need to lay down, dude. All right. All right. Just all right. Well, let's um. I guess we'll close this segment in, uh, let me, let me get Daryl some water. Um, and, and perhaps we'll do some follow up, uh, another time. I, I'm not sure about this, this program. All right. All right. I'm coming, dude. All right. All right. Don't cry. Oh, shit. All right. So <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm back here with, uh, with Daryl Loomis, who is who is better, um, I you know I 
I, I got to be honest with you. That was that was scary for me. <coughs> it is. And it even is. after I, I cut the mic, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't over. Mm-hmm. They, you, do you want to know what you were saying? Yeah, yeah, that's part of it. Like, do you want me to tell you what you were saying? Transparency, completely transparency. Because it became clear that even after the mics were off, that you know you had almost like a second wave. I had to take the fucking pipe away from you, and and this is something you're doing with a family. But I, I don't. Um, you you started crying, and mm-hmm. I shut the mic off because I didn't know if I was going to have to call a hospital or an uh, ambulance. You could have left it on. You could have left it on, but I'm glad you. I mean, you. Do I didn't want to embarrass you. You're new at this. It's totally. It's totally understandable. Wait, what, basically, what you were saying was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. And then and then there was more crying. And then you said, Dad, 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 Dad. Where did that come from? How does this function in in a family therapy situation? Couple of ways. Couple of ways. <clears throat> My saying, Dad, I know from. From my um, my experience, uh, both in therapy and, and on my spiritual journey, that uh, my dad was a staunch opponent of substances. He was a hard, hardcore uh, Republican. And not that that makes much of a difference, really, but um, you know, I was embarrassed. I, I was trying to live up to an idea that my dad had, so that's probably where that came from. So that 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 if we were in a family dynamic, you might get. Uh, any number of but, different but couldn't it just reveals. Be, but, but but it seems to me that there there's a certain level of, of denial in what you're saying is that it seems like a a, a parent uh, child bond is deeper than that, and you're just framing it as is that he didn't like drugs. You seem to be justifying your drug use with this thing, uh, and and I don't see how it functions as a as a real therapy. I mean, it, it's well, it, it indeed is a bridge. It's it it, it isn't a foundational um, uh, in and of itself experience. It's merely a bridge to to to, to higher pastures. It's a bridge. But you're to, all fucked up. You're all fucked up. Now, what you're going to do this again next uh, week or three days from now with a family? Uh, yeah. No, I mean, no. I I'll probably use one of my interns at this. I mean, this is this. I'm having what I consider to be the ideal reaction because that was that was rough i i you're the the phrases i gave you worked they worked i'm here i'm alive so they clearly worked um you uh you were shook up a little bit but you had some training just a little bit of training and you were able to hang you you chose to turn the mics off that i think is credible that's logical thinking had i not had i stopped breathing i'm sure you would have called 911 but i don't want to do it again man <laughs> i i don't want to smoke salvia Ever, ever, ever again. I mean, dude, I'm not going to lie on any level to kids or to families or to hosts. That was rough, man. All right. So how how often have you said that? A number of times. But again, it's progress, not perfection with any any. Oh, now you're talking program. So so you tell me that. Have you ever even done this with families? We're we're baby steps. This, oh. this process is being, first and foremost, it's the curriculum. Second, it's the promotion, which right. you're a big part of, and we thank you so I, much all right. I gotta for get, promoting. I really have to get a, someone working for me in the booking department. I mean, you were great, you know, and I'm glad that you had this. Mo- what, what the fuck is that smell, man? Did something happen? Um, it, is my cat, did my cat come in here? I, uh, I um, normally would have had a pair of adult diapers uh oh depends. come on i i defecated during the experience it's not unusual oh my god there's, a, there's an intimacy that families i mean you talk about a 14 year old right. kid changing right. his diaper could right. cause some you know memories okay. to we're, we're done daryl we're done we're done sat All just right. contact me through the show okay. <clears throat> if you want more information okay okay my friends that is it that is our show 
I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, you know, sometimes guests are, you, you never know what you're going to get. And I, I tend to think that that may be a good thing and I should stick with it. But I want to thank Howard Kramer, a.k.a. Dragon Boy Suede, for sharing his uh, mind and music with us. And also uh, uh, Mr. Loomis, Daryl Loomis. I hope he's okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I apologize. Maybe I do need a better screener or a booker in general. A couple, a little bit of business. Those of you know, you can uh, you know go to WTF Pod and and uh, you know donate. You can subscribe. You can uh, do a lot of things. You can get on the mailing list. You can follow us on Twitter. I just wanted to give you a heads up. I am going to you know create some new merch, some more reasonably priced merch for you guys in the very near future. And I'm also going to create some new uh, tiers of of donation with with more swag. I, I'm starting to learn. I'm evolving with this, uh, with the model we've chosen, because we want to stay listener-supported. We want, uh, we want donations. We'd love for you to subscribe uh, on a monthly donation. You do get a, a T-shirt and some stuff with that. But I'm going to try and figure out a way to give everybody a little something at different levels of donation. Also, please go to punchlinemagazine.com for all your comedy business needs. You know, we got a, we got some great upcoming shows. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to, uh, we got Matt Bronger coming up. We got Billy Bird coming up. We got John Caparulo coming up. I got my buddy John Wing coming in today, uh, maybe to do a little interview. David Tell said he was interested. I, you know, this thing is starting to, to really get fun for me, and I, and I hope you're enjoying the show. So, is that all I need to tell you? Is it? Let me look at my piece of paper. Huh. Yes. Also... As always, and as I don't do enough, I'd like to thank Brendan P.W. McDonald, who is the master of the box with the knobs on it that makes this show happen, along with me, my partner in crime. Please, uh, everybody, a round of applause. Brendan McDonald, I will talk to you next time. Have a great day, or three days, or week, or however long it takes you in between these things. But for God's sakes, be careful.